KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. I think because we were a team together, we had a lot of camaraderie. We didn't have jealousy, you know, within our team. We all were always lifting up whoever was on the court or whoever was on the um, on the bench. And I think that's what really made us special. We didn't have any animosity amongst us. It was like one for all. And our guest this week, Yolanda Laney. She was a phenomenal women's basketball player at Cheney University, was a key member of the Cheney team that in 1982 played in the first NCAA National Championship game. And Yolanda, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, You're welcome. My first question, what are you doing these days? Um, These days, I am relaxed exercising, swimming. I just retired from my um, job of 30 years of public service with the city of Atlantic Atlantic City on December 1st, 2022. Um, Since I've been retired, I've been spending a lot of time with my granddaughter and, and family members and getting out and staying as active as possible as I did prior to retiring. So let's talk about your life in basketball. Growing up, what's kind of your first basketball memory? Uh, my first basketball memory is when I was growing up in a section of Germantown, which we referred to as Pulaski Town. I had just uh, moved there when I was eight years old from North Philadelphia, and I went outside on the basketball court, and I was watching um, this one young lady playing on the court with all uh, males running up and down the court playing. And I was like, I want to play basketball. I have to watch her out there on the court. Her name was Jackie Cobb. She also went to Germantown High School and then went on from Germantown High School to Cheney State College, which it was called back then before becoming Cheney University. So that's my first uh, memory of basketball. When did you realize you were pretty good? I realized when I was in sixth grade that I was really good. I started playing in um, games at the Wissick and Boys and Girls Club. And then I went on to pick at middle school when I was in seventh and eighth grade. In the seventh and eighth grade, we won the middle school championship. And those were my first two championships competing in um, basketball. And at that point is when I knew that I was really good. And everybody was telling me, you know, how well I played and that I could do something with basketball if I continue to work at it the way that I, the time I put in while I was in middle school. And to that point, what kind of an eye opener was that? Had you thought about the idea of having basketball be a vehicle or was that the first time that had really been crystallized of what the game could do for you? No, not at that point because I was a very, very good swimmer also. And so I thought that I was going to swim more so than I, played basketball until I wound up going to um, high school and I realized that I was the only person on the swim team at University City High School and I was the only one competing in meets and there was really nobody there cheering me on except for my swim coach and at that point I decided I was going to give up um, the swimming competitively and that I would play basketball competitively because all the um, fans, you know, would come out, you know, in the gym and our gym was packed when I was in high school at University City High School. So that's when I put all my focus on basketball and just started doing swimming just for relaxation and as a way to stay in shape 
for basketball. And you mentioned University City, your high school career. I think you guys, you won three public league titles. You were player of the year in the public league, junior and senior. When you think back to your high school career, what are your favorite memories? Uh, my favorite memories are my different teammates that I played with each year, the encouragement, you know, that and the unselfishness um, that they showed towards me as a um, highly skilled athlete. Just, you know, hanging out with my friends that I made, both males and females, you know, because of my accolades playing basketball at University City. But each one of the championships each year, it was a little sweeter um, when we won those three um, championships. So you have all this success when you're looking at colleges. Uh, what was it that led you to what was then Cheney State, now Cheney University? Well, actually, when I was in third grade, I actually had a dream concerning a young man getting on the bus and he had a Cheney State jacket on. And in that dream, it showed me that I was going to be attending Cheney State College for my basketball career in college. And my senior year, when um, Mr. Wright, James Wright, took me up to Cheney to a game, it clicked because I had that dream when I was in third grade, which made me eight years old. And then when he took me up to Cheney to watch Cheney play, because I was actually about to go visit and commit to the University of Kansas. And he said, I want to take you someplace. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to try to influence you or anything, but I just want you to check out something that's right here in your own backyard. And that's when he took me up to Cheney and I watched them play. And it reminded me of that dream. And from watching them play, I was so, you know, on all the talent right here in my backyard. And my mother would be able to come and see me play every game like she did when I was in high school. So that's how I wound up getting to Cheney State College. What was it about Kansas that had you leaning in that direction at one point? I had been talking to um, Lynette Woodard, who was a college All-American out there. And I had met Coach Washington, who actually was from the East Coast when I was in high school. And just talking to Lynette, you know, each time how successful I could be, you know, a career I could have out there. And she wanted me to come out and, um, you know, play with her at the University of, of Kansas. And then I had met Karen Drawn, who also was one of my teammates at Cheney University, who was also about to sign to go to the University of um, Kansas, her and Tracy Claxton. We had played AAU against each other, and we got to talking after we finished competing in the, in, in the game and whatnot, and we all was choosing to go to Kansas, and then me and Karen Drawn, we changed our mind, and we decided to stay closer to home and head to Cheney. We would be able to have the same success away from home, right here at home. So you play in college for a legend in C. Vivian Stringer. What was she like to play with? What type of influence did she have on you, not just as a player, but as a person? Well, Coach Stringer and I pretty much butted heads for four years that I was there. It seemed like she was always on me more so than she was on anyone else. But I love playing for her. I wouldn't wanted to play for another coach after um, playing under her, meeting her, playing with my teammates and everything. So Stringer taught us a lot, you know, both on and off the court. She let us know that, you know, basketball was more than just a game and that, you know, it could be a, a life learning lesson um, to prepare you 
for things away from the basketball court. For people that didn't have the privilege of seeing you play, give us a scout of what you were like on the court. <laughs> well, I always patterned myself after five different players in five different positions. I had always said I wanted to handle the ball the way that Maurice Cheeks handled the ball. I wanted to be able to rebound like Daryl Dawkins. I always wanted to be able to glide like Julius Irving. I wanted to be able to shoot like George Gervin. And I wanted to be able to pass like Pistol Pete Maverick. So that's that's how I pattern um, my game. But they used to refer to me, you know, often as being um, smooth, having a great jump shot, being a good passer and a, a good defender, you know, as well. I just really patterned myself after those five. And I just wanted to live up to the accolades they had when they were playing on the court, all, all in one, as opposed to five different athletes. What was it like at Cheney, like kind of day to day, smaller school? I know you guys were punching up constantly as far as opponents and stuff like that. Did you look at it like that or was it just we're good and we're going to play the best? Like you said at the end, that we're good and we're going to play the best. We didn't fear anyone when we um, took to the court and we had made a pact, you know, that we weren't going to lose a game at home. And I know the four years that I played Cheney, we did not lose um, one home game. One of the interesting things I've learned in learning about your team is it sounds like the women and the men who were coached by John Cheney, you guys really were kind of one unit, no? Um, yes, we, we practiced together every day. The, the men's basketball team, it was like a brotherhood and sisterhood you know, uh, while we were in the um, gym practice and we was like the first hour of the practice together and then we would break up and we would um, go to our own individual practice and practicing against the men it is that much easier for us when we played against women because the shortest person on Coach Cheney team was 6'2", all the way up to 7 foot. And so, you know, they were bigger than us, they were stronger than us, but we were able to match up and make hits against their um, defense. And we were all also able, you know, to get stops against them when they were on offense. To go up against those type of competitors day in and day out just made it easier for us when we competed against women. You mentioned earlier how you butted heads with Coach Stringer. After your college career, did you reassess that? Did you kind of look and go, oh, now I get it. Now I see what she was trying to do. No, actually, I saw it saw it then, but I was like my my own person. I always like to um, define myself as opposed to someone else defining me as a person or as an athlete. And, you know, I'm very strong-willed, strong-minded, and co-stringer. Um, was the same way, but there's, it was neither head button. I had no less love for her, you know, when we butted heads and when we didn't butt heads. Did you realize, and I'm guessing not just cause you're a college kid and it's, you know, but the, when you think about you're being coached by coach Stringer, you guys were so close with the men's team and they're coached by John Chaney and John Chaney and Vivian Stringer, you are talking about two of the elite, they are elite among the elites. Did you ever take a moment and kind of realize that in college, or was it something that you started to look back on as your college days got 
a little further in the rearview mirror and you're like, oh my goodness, what I was surrounded by. Well, actually, where Coach Cheney is concerned, I knew of Coach Cheney before I knew of Coach Stringer because I played uh, my summer basketball at the Sunny Hill Community Basketball Organization. And Coach Cheney would be sitting down there watching games, future league games, the girls league, the Sunny Hill High School, and the college league games when I would be playing. So I knew of uh, and about Coach Cheney because everybody would be talking about him down there having Coach that grads having, you know, gone up to um, Cheney because my first experience with Coach Cheney was when I was um, in high school and I went to the John Cheney Sunny Hill basketball camp so that I knew about Coach Cheney before I knew about Coach Stringer. I didn't really know anything about Coach Stringer until my um, senior year, but I reflecting, you know, back on everything with them being elite coaches. Yes, I knew that from being in the gym under them doing those um, practices, even before, you know, Coach Cheney went to Temple and he went even further than he did, you know, when he was at Cheney. But you couldn't have asked for two more highly qualified and skilled individuals to be taught, you know, to add to your repertoire as a player. Um, being there with Coach Cheney, for three years and Coach Stringer for three years. We need to take a break. We will have more with former Cheney University basketball star Yolanda Laney right after this. This is One on One. And we are back on One on One, continuing our conversation with former Cheney University basketball star Yolanda Laney. So you play in so many big games before the NCAA, it's what the AIAW and you guys are going to the Elite Eight, the Final Four, stuff like that. And I talked a little bit earlier about you guys always punching up and, and playing anybody. Did you realize like how incredible what you were doing was when you consider the size of the schools, the I'm sure the athletic budgets of the schools you were playing, and not just playing, but you were beating. Like, did it register that way? Or was it once again just, you know what, we're good, we're better than this group, and we're going to beat them? It, it, it did register like that because whenever we got ready to play uh, one of the bigger schools and the, to travel there, we knew that we wanted to come back with a victory as opposed to a, to a loss. Um, regardless of who we were playing, where we were playing, it didn't matter to us um, of the opponent because we felt like we were prepared at every game to come away with the, uh, a victory. But by beating the powerhouses, because that's what they used to call them back when I was playing, you know, you're playing a powerhouse, you know, team. So they powerhouse teams and we were beating them. That let us know that we were a powerhouse team as well. So we talk about all that success, the 1981-82 season. You guys go to what what is the first NCAA national championship game on the women's side. As I mentioned, you guys were an AIAW prior to that. Like when the decision was made that you guys were going, because the AIAW, I think, was still going on, when Cheney made the decision to go to the NCAA tournament, did it register with you? Like, is that a big deal? Or it was just like, okay, we're going to play whoever we're going to play? Well, Coach Stringer actually had a choice. Coach Stringer gave us a choice to make the weather play the AIW or to play in the NCAA. And we asked the question like, where are most of the top teams 
um, going to be paying that. And she said in the in the field with the NCAA, a lot of the teams are elected to go that round. And so we decided that we would go that way as well because we wanted to compete against the best, you know, and trying to make it to the final four and win a national championship. You guys get to the to the championship and you'll you play Louisiana Tech, but what made that group so special? Like if you were scouting your team in 81-82, you know, why were you guys so good? I think because we were a team together. We had a lot of um camaraderie and everything. We didn't have jealousy, you know, with within our team. We are we're always lifting up whoever was on the court or whoever was on the um on the bench. And I think that's what really made us special. We didn't have any animosity, you know, amongst us as a group. You know, it was like one for all. Um when we were competing and playing, we were all on the um same page. No one marching to a different beat or a different um uh, tune because we weren't in search of accolades or anything. We just wanted to win. So we just wanted to put our own individual best talents out there as a team together to walk away with a, a victory when we stepped onto the court. That group, your team that year, were the first and you are still the only HBCU to play for a Division One championship. How much pride did you have in carrying that banner and having the type of success you had as an HBCU and for HBCUs across the country. We had, we had a lot of pride and we still have that pride to today having accomplished and completed what we did back in the 1981-82 season. Even though we lost that game to Louisiana Tech, when we got back to our campus, you would have thought that we were champions because every student on campus and who attended off campus was waiting for us to arrive um, when we came back on campus. We didn't really think about, you know, at that point that, hey, we the first HBCU to compete for a national championship or anything. We was just happy to be there competing for um, Cheney State College. And then as we reflected back after we got together with Coach Stringer after the season and she spoke to us about all the letters and phone calls that she had received of how proud other HBCUs as well as African-Americans, you know, were proud of the accomplishment that we had, you know, that season. What is your memory of the game against Louisiana Tech? I think you guys had an early lead, and as the game went on, La Tech was just kind of able to, to take it to the finish line. But what do you remember about that game? My first memory thinking back to that game was whether or not I was going to be able to compete in the game because I was laid up in the locker room where I couldn't get off the table. I was sick. I was, uh, I was suffering major menstrual cramps all over my body and I couldn't really walk. So that's my first memory. And then getting on the court, not being able to perform up to the level that I'm normally able to perform under different circumstances. I also remember, you know, us having our best shooters going through a cold, you know, stretch out there on the court and whatnot. Outside of that, you know, it's just that, you know, they got bigger when they made substitutions and we kind of leveled off and we didn't get big. It seemed like they was bringing in a big person, you know, in the front court where we were 
at the same size or getting smaller when we made substitutions. But at no time, you know, did we think that we were not going to walk away with a victory in that game. I have been fascinated learning about this, the journey of this team and the level of success you guys enjoyed. And I'm so happy to see people talking about it and, and appreciating how incredible what you guys had done. But did you feel like up until the last couple of years that your team, the, the Cheney program in the, the late 70s, early 80s, wasn't getting the attention it deserved for the success and the level of play it was at? Yes, I did. I actually, you know, thought that what we did, you know, was worthy of being in the Hall of Fame. We all talked about that and thought about that. It wasn't until like now 40, 41 years later that the recognition that we're getting now, we should have received back then or sooner. But it feels good that people are remembering because we said they won't ever be able to forget because every 10 years they play that um, national championship game. The first game every 10 years um, they air that. So we're part of history and that's a part of history that can't be erased because we play in the first NCAA championship women's um, game. And you mentioned the Hall of Fame, and I know your team, that 81-82 team, and you are up for the Hall of Fame. What does that mean to you? It culminates an athletic career and whatnot. Not saying without it, you didn't have a good career or, or um, success, but Naismith is highly recognized, and our team of players and athletes and the um, quality of our performance, you know, against powerhouse teams that year, as well as previous years and years afterwards, deserves to be recognized. So I'm also fascinated. Your daughter, Benaja Laney, is with the New York Liberty. She's a phenomenal player in the WNBA. What is it like to watch her? play and how much how much fun is it it's great to watch her play I travel to every home game that she has up in New York to watch her I also travel to um nearby cities that have WNBA teams to watch her play and to cheer her on and know that her being there playing is also me being there playing since I was her coach, her first teacher um, who worked with her on her, her skill set to help her get there. I really didn't realize how important it was to her until it was in high school and it was her senior night. And she talked about it to me, how important it was. And knowing that I had been at every game to watch her, watch her play um, since she started playing basketball. And to sit there now at the highest level of the sport for, for women's basketball players, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a great honor. How does her game compare with yours? How are you guys similar and how are you different? Well, um, Benaja has much better footwork than I had as a um, player. She's skilled, you know, with that pivot foot, 
where I was a leaper. I was a jumper. I didn't do pivot moves or drop steps. Um, she does drop steps. I just used to turn around and jump and shoot over you if I was in a post-up move. She got about 20, 20-something moves out of the post-up where she can take you up and under, drop step on you, twist through. I didn't do any of that. I just turned around and um, shot over you. As a as um, a jump shooter, I always told Benaj, and I still tell her, I said, my jump shot um, was better than your jump shot, um, but you getting a little, a little better there. You get more consistent. The difference is like, she can shoot a three probably better than me because I didn't have a three-point shot when I was playing. So I didn't even stretch my range out there, you know, strength-wise with her, you know, having lift weights. I didn't lift weights in college. She had the benefit to lift those weights um, in college to um, make her stronger. But I had a good back-you-down game and can score over you and um, against smaller guards. And Benazia also has that type of game. I was a great penetrator with hang time where I could change my body form up in the air and score where Benazia goes hard, you know, at you to the basket as opposed to with any acrobats or anything. She's pure power, strength, and skill getting to the to the, to the basket. So that's the similarities and the difference in our style of play. She has the WNBA there was not a WNBA when you emerged from college. Did you pursue anything, be it overseas or anything, or once college basketball done, was that kind of the end for you? Um, no, I went overseas for um, the first year. I went and played at in Puyi, Switzerland, where we won the Swiss Cup. For um, I had a championship there. And then I went to Spain the following year to El Masno, Spain and would have been playing in a championship there as well in Spain. But my mother um, was diagnosed with colon cancer and I left to come back home because she was in a stage four um, state and I never went back overseas after that because I promised her that I would go on and go to law school. And that's what I did. Applied for law school at Temple University, got accepted, graduated, and then went on to um, practice law from 1991 until 2022. I'm still licensed um, right now and I'll keep my license, but I'm not really going to be actively doing any law. How was the overseas experience? I mean, it sounds like from a basketball standpoint, you guys had a ton of success. Was it enjoyable? Did you have a good time? Yes, it, it was very enjoyable. The, the people was, were nice. The competition was excellent. I met other Americans that had two Americans on the, on the teams over there, for, and we hung out over there. It was a lot of freedom. You just really worked, if you call basketball, working on the court, playing and and doing drills and everything, work for two hours out the day. The rest of the day was was yours to enjoy yourself. And I truly experienced um, the limited time that I spent overseas. How much do you wish that there was a WNBA because of what you might have been able to do there? Uh, we, we, we talked about that because we talk about it now. We're watching the WNBA. What if you know, the WNBA was around when we were playing. Yes, I do wish it would have been around. And I probably would have played for about 10 plus plus years in the um, WNBA and had record success um, like I did from the time that I started playing in middle school through high school, through college and professionally 
overseas. Um, I've always been blessed to be a winner when it came to the sport of basketball. To that point, I mean, you mentioned, I think, sixth and seventh grade. We talked about University City Championships. You guys played for a national championship at Cheney. You talk about winning championships overseas. That can't be a coincidence. Like, what allowed you to not just have the personal success, but help lead teams to the highest of heights. You know, what do you, what do you think is the common thread there? Discipline, lead, leadership, a will to win and not lose. I've always believed in myself. I didn't care who I was surrounded with. You didn't have to be, be the best, but as long as I stepped on that court, I was determined to win um, whenever I stepped on the court. Yolanda Laney, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome, and thanks for having me. And that will do it for this week's episode. want to thank former Cheney University basketball star Yolanda Laney for being our guest this week. Now, if you like this show and you listen on Apple Podcasts, want to help us out, give us a rating and a review. You can follow this show on Twitter at OneOnOnePod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at MattLeon1060. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.